Amen. God's good, isn't he? Well, thanks for coming on a snowy day. Amen. I mean, don't you like snow? Yeah, I'll pray for you too. And um, but I want to welcome you here to Cornerstone Church. My name is Sean Afghan, the lead pastor here. We're glad you're here. If you're first time here, thanks for coming today. I know it wasn't easy getting out today, but we're glad you're here. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the service. And we thank you that your word goes out, God, and it causes change in our life in the name of Jesus. And everybody say amen. Well, look in your bulletin. There's some notes you can follow along with us here. We've been talking about Jesus. And one of the things I love to do during the time of Christmas and the season is really to talk about him so we have the right views of him. So we've been talking about who is Jesus. Jesus is and so we've been going through that, and, we, and our verse comes out of Mark chapter 8, verse 27 through 29, and Jesus was coming out of Caesarea Philippi, and he began to ask his disciples, who do, does the crowd say that I am? And so they mention a few things, and so it's very important to him. When Jesus asks a question, you need to listen, because he just doesn't ask it flippantly. You know, he, he, There's purpose in it. There's really importance to his question and he wants to see what the answers are and so they began to tell him that he was a prophet or he was you know john and baptist reincarnated or you know some other things he's a teacher and and some of those things were right but it wasn't good enough and so he asked his closest friends the people that are his disciples the ones who are close to him the 12 and he looks at him and he asks him who do you say that i am and then Peter had a revelation from the Lord himself saying, you are the Christ, you are the Son of God. And so it's very important we know who Jesus is. And, if, and, if, and that's why we're going through this series. So we, and if we know him, exactly who he is, then we can receive what he has for us. If we don't know him in those ways and we have a warped view of Jesus, then it's going to be hard for us to receive from him, especially in certain ways. And so Jesus is, and we're going to talk about this one word, Jesus is joy. And I want to explain that a little bit today because I really believe it's very important that not only is he joy, but he's also the giver of joy. In fact, Luke, I mean, excuse me, John 15, 11 says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full and so there's an importance here that his joy comes in us and it remains in us. And one of the things that I've, I've found out, you look through the Bible, people love to be around Jesus. I mean, he had crowds wherever he, he went because really he was someone who was accepting, he loved people, but there was joy there. In fact, children, sinners, and even skeptics love to be around Jesus himself. The only people who didn't like to be around Jesus were those who were fake, who weren't authentic, religious people they hated to be around jesus they didn't like that and some sometimes today that religion paints the picture really a different picture of who jesus is and i remember growing up in church and you know i got saved when i was 12 years old my family before that didn't go to church at all but when we got saved we got radically saved we started going to church but it began to become a place of i love god but i actually hate it what people were telling me I had to act like and I had to be like. It wasn't that they tell me, Sean, you, had, you couldn't sin. It wasn't that at all. It was like they were just joy suckers, religious joy suckers. How many of you guys know people like that? Look at your neighbor and just smile at them. And um, 
so it was just these joy suckers, you know, and, and you know, I, I would bring my friends sometimes, and, they, and I would ask them, do you want to go to heaven? You know, that's how I used to tell people trying to get them saved. Yeah, you want to, you want to go to heaven, right? You don't want to go to hell. He says, not if it's like your church. And so, um, so there has to be a different view because what the enemy wants to do, he wants to take our joy. He wants to say that Christianity, living as a Christian, is not joyful. And what really is joy? First Peter 1.8 says, If you love him, even though you have never seen him, though you do not see him, you trust him, and even now you're happy with a glorious, inexpressible joy. There is a joy that comes from Jesus that you cannot talk about with words. It's so great. And see, as Christians, we should be some of the most joyful people around. And so for years, I thought it was heresy to even have fun in church. I mean, as a, as a little boy, as, you know, 12 years old, 13 years old, man, all I wanted to do was run in church. And everybody said I couldn't run in church. And so to me, I was thinking, man, this is terrible. And so I started growing older in church. And when I was about 16, 17, I was just really frustrated. Because it just seems like that you got extra points if things weren't enjoyable. Isn't that right? I mean, if it wasn't enjoyable and you did it, it was extra points, like prayer. If you went to pray, it was extra points because prayer wasn't enjoyable. I didn't think it was at all. And the devil doesn't want you and I enjoying Jesus. He doesn't want you to enjoy Christianity and what real Christianity is about. And so I was, I was going on in church one day, and, and I just laughing. Listen, you know my laugh. If you hear my laugh in Walmart, you, it's, like, it's like a beacon. You can find me. And um, I just love to laugh. And so I was laughing one day in church, and this, this person came up to me and said, Sean, why are you so happy? You know, I want you to know something. Christianity is not about laughter. And I just wanted to just punch them. And, um, and I had a friend, one of our pastors must have overheard that, and he came to me a little bit after. And uh, it was Dr. William Morris. He's actually the chancellor of Covenant Bible College now. And he said to me, Sean, be yourself. Be all that God's called you to be and have fun. Because I don't know about you, if you were a Christian in the 80s, everything was a demon. Rock and roll was a demon. Um, superheroes were demons. Some certain forms of food were demons. You know, everything was demon. And so you can never really have fun. And I'm not talking about sinning. I'm not talking about going out and doing things you're not supposed to do. But I'm talking about enjoying the Lord. Why? Nehemiah 8.10 says this. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now listen, I don't want to confuse happiness with joy. Because I want to explain what the joy of the Lord is. Because happiness is not always joy. Happiness is fleeting. Some people are happy one day and aren't the next. How many guys know people like that? You may be one of them. You know, happiness is based on an external whatever's happening externally. It's whatever's your circumstances are, but joy is based on an and on an eternal perspective. It's based on who God is. And that's what joy is. And someone asked me this after first service, and they asked me, said, well, what's the difference between the emotions? Well, let me tell you something. How do you, this is how you're going to know if you're in the joy of the Lord. If you're ha- it's okay to be happy and laughing and everything, but if that circumstances was taken away, would you still be happy? And if you're still happy, then you know you have the joy of the Lord. 
this God who is very joyful. In fact, in Psalms 2, 4, it says, God who sits in heaven and laughs. And laughter is good, and happiness, and the outward expressions are good, but it's more than that. It's something that's inner, that it doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter what's happening around you. It's, it's, it's who He is, and you're knowing that. And the enemy doesn't want you to have that joy. He doesn't want you to think that church is fun. He doesn't want you to think that worshiping God is fun, that prayer is fun, that reading the Word is fun, because he wants to take you out of that. He doesn't want you to do that. He doesn't want you to know that being a servant for God is good, that praying is 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 fun and enjoyable. In fact, he's let people believe a lot. I used to believe that praying was not enjoyable. In fact, it wasn't enjoyable to me. And I believed that line, and I never could find the joy in it. And until one day I did, and I found how great it is to pray, how great it is to, to hang on and touch with God and, and love God and, and talk to Him and pray and see the results of your prayer. In fact, we're going to be even talking about prayer for the first six weeks in, in January, starting January 12th, called The Awakening. We're going to do a whole series about praying hard, praying long, and dreaming big. And that's the whole thing about how to make prayer something that's very enjoyable, but you see the value in it. In fact, you're going to be able to sign up for small groups about prayer. And they're going to be, we're going to do a whole prayer culture in our church starting January 12th. I can't wait till then. But it is enjoy, enjoyable. And a lot of times we think we just cannot have joy. And there's a lot of joy, uh, joy suckers out there that don't want you to have joy. You can't have fun. You can't tell jokes in church. So I'm going to tell one. I heard one day that there was a pastor... And this pastor loved golf, but he didn't never had time to go. And so the only time he was going to be able to go before it got cold was to go on this on the Sunday. Well, he has to preach on Sunday. And so he goes and he he couldn't use the excuse. I need to go golf and to skip church. That wouldn't be wise for a pastor to do that. So he lies and tells his assistant that he's sick. And he tells his assistant that he's sick. And the assistant says, don't worry about it. Go ahead and go off and and, and, you know, just rest and whatever. And he says, okay, okay, I'll do that. So the next morning, the pastor woke up, and he's excited. I'm going to go golfing today. Now, a lot of you are stuck there because the pastor lied. Just let that go for a minute. But <laughs> so he goes off to this other town where no one knows where, who he is. And so he goes off, and he goes golfing in that town. So he's on the golf course. No one's, hardly anybody's there because they're supposed to be in church, you know. And so... Um, and so he's, um, he gets up to the first tee box, and he tees off, and he, and he hits this ball. And all of a sudden, a big wind just takes this ball next to 150 yards, and it landed on the green and went right into the hole. So this pastor, he's, he's ecstatic. He just hit a 420-yard hole in one. And so he's, just, he's trying to high-five people. There's no one around. and He's just excited, and he just can't wait. And then the angel asks the Lord, God, why did you do that? He says, who's he going to tell? (laughs) Now, you can pray for that pastor for lying, but anyway. And see, the whole thing is, is that this life we have is supposed to be enjoyable, but the enemy doesn't want you to understand it. And it's not based on circumstances. It's not based on what's going on around. It's based on who Jesus is. Because he is joy and he gives out joy. So let's set the record straight. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. 
And the thing about it is, joy comes from the Lord. And He wants you to have a fullness of life. And it and, and doesn't mean that circumstances aren't going to be always good, but it does mean you have joy. He, Habakkuk 3.18 says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Your joy is in Him. But this is what happens when the enemy takes your joy, when you allow him. The enemy can't take anything from you unless you allow him. And in Psalms 51, this is the uh, testimony of David here. David had just been found out not too long before and uh, that he had committed adultery and that he had killed uh, the, the woman's husband. And so here he is, and he's repenting in John 51. It's a great story about repentance, about coming back to the Lord. And he says in verse 12, he says this, Restore the joy of my salvation. See, what happens is when we lose our joy, we lose a lot. When we lose the joy of the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about happiness because that comes and goes, right? But the joy of the Lord should remain the same. The joy of the Lord should be in us and through us and never change, should be consistent in our life. And it's not shouldn't be based on whether I make a lot of money or not or whether people like me or not. It, it should be based on who God is. And this joy is so important. And see, David prays, restore the joy. Why? Because somewhere along the line, he lost the joy of who he is and who God was in his life. And he stopped receiving it. And when he did that, he started to look in other places to find what would satisfy or was satisfying his joy. And see, joy is very important. I heard a preacher say one time, when the enemy takes your, steals your joy, he takes your goods. And that's so, so true. And so why this is why to know Jesus as joy is so important and to receive that joy. Because when you lose that joy, when you give up that joy, the devil wants to steal your faith. He starts to steal your faith, your trust in the Lord. By putting a different face on Jesus that's not joyful and not receiving joy, and, and he, he want, he'll steal your faith. That's why in 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, verse 8 and 9, it says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in your faith. See, when you and I lose joy, we lose faith in him. And we lose faith in all that he is because he, we are looking for happiness. We're looking for a part of joy, but not all of it. See, it's very important that you and I really just get this joy in our heart and leave it there and love it because so he won't steal our faith. And then the devil comes and he'll try to kill your freedom. Galatians 5.1 is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. See, when you and I get focused on the things of this world, on circumstantial things, the external things that we see, and if we, our way we find happiness and joy is through those things, guess what? We're not going to lose our faith in God. We're going to start losing our freedom in Him. And we're going to not move into what He has for us. And that's why the enemy wants to take our joy. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, says in 2 Corinthians, there's freedom. And we have freedom in Him. But what happens is when we lose that joy, we start being slaves to the external. We become slaves to peop what people say about us. We become slaves to whether that person likes me or not. We become slaves to the opinion of others to what's in our bank account or what's not in our bank account. And that is what produces our happiness or not, our joy or not. 
And that is a terrible way to live life. And listen, I'm not pointing fingers at you. I've done it too. And it's a struggle even in my own life. You know, just for today, we have a low crowd because of the snow. And that eats at me because I hate that. I hate when we have a low crowd. In fact, our church can fluctuate by 100 people every single Sunday. One Sunday will be just through the roof, no room. And then the next Sunday, where is everybody? And if I allow that as a pastor to dictate whether I'm happy or not, I'm going to quit because it's not worth it. And I've struggled with that definitely as a pastor. Because it seems like, you know, the more people have, the more, the better it is. But that's not, not really true. See, you cannot be led by those circumstances. And that's where you become slaves and you lose your freedom. I've done that myself many times. So let's stop that and not allow that. So let's, let's grab into joy. And we're going to talk a little bit about joy in just a second. But then the third thing is the devil wants to destroy your future. This is where you give up. When you lose the real joy of God, you'll give up because it's not worth it. When you find your joy in your circumstances, you'll lose. You'll lose. Luke chapter 22, Jesus is talking to Simon Peter and he says, verse 31, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to swift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. So he's saying there, there to, to Peter, says, don't focus on what's happening to you. Don't focus on the circumstance. Don't focus on the battles. Focus on him, on Jesus. See, when we don't enjoy Jesus, we're going to lose. We could lose our faith. We could lose our freedom and we can lose our future. So let's have the right view and enjoy Jesus. And I believe this. A lot of people are going going to heaven, but they're not enjoying the journey that God has for them. You need to enjoy the journey. And I know what you're thinking, Sean. Sean, life is not always joyful. I beg to differ with you. Life is not always happiness. Life is not always great. Life can really suck sometimes. But you don't have to lose joy. That's why it tells us in His Word that we should have joy in trials and tribulations. Why? And how can we do that? Because he's, our, 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 our joy is not based off of these other things. It's based off Him. It's based off the Lord. And we need to have that. And I believe we can have joy. Four years ago, back in November, first part of November, or actually it was actually October, Four years ago, I was sitting back in this one of these back rows back here in the section. I wasn't preaching on Sunday. And uh, Lisa was there right beside me. She's pregnant. And we knew we were having a girl. And, um, and But we haven't picked out a name. And so I'm just listening to the message. And all of a sudden, I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke a real strong word into me. I want you to name your girl Victoria Joy. Because you're going to find victory in my joy. That was the word the Lord gave me. And so, but at that time, I didn't, I wasn't attacked physically yet. Within one month, I was. And the Lord knew what was going to be happening with me. He knew what was coming. And so that has been, that word has been a catalyst to me to keep joy, even in the toughest times that I've went through, where I even almost dying, I still had joy and was laughing. I still had joy and I was crying. I still had joy. It wasn't based on my outward expression. It was based on my what was in here. 
And that was what has got me through some of the, the most terrible times in my life is because of that. And every time I look at my daughter, Joy, Victoria Joy, I'm reminded of that word that I end up remain joyful. And this is what I mean by joy, because joy is not an emotion. As much as it is truth. And here's what I mean. Joy is a knowing that all things work together for my good. That I will never be alone because He says He'll never forsake me. He'll never leave me. It's a knowing that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So it's a knowing. It's also receiving the grace of God, that enablement of God. And it's also receiving the love of God that's unconditional. That's joy. The joy of God is my strength because no weapon formed against me will prosper. So it's a, it's a knowing, it's a receiving, but it's also a living in. It's a living in who I am. I am a son of the Most High God, and I am understanding whose I am. I am owned by God. And so I'm a son, and I'm owned by God, and so He takes care of me. And so I can cast my cares upon the Lord so He can take care of me. That is joy. It's not by, based by feeling. It's not based by what goes on around me. It's a, based by knowing who He is and knowing the things of God and receiving the things of God and living in them and walking in the joy. And that's what we have to understand about joy. That's why I can have joy in trials and tribulations. That's why I can have joy when no one likes me. That's why I can have joy when everybody likes me. I'm not, it's not based on what I have. It's not based on what's going on. It's based on who He is. And that's where the passion is. That's why I can laugh in the face of things falling apart and still have joy. That's why I can still cry in those times and still have the joy of God. And that's why I've learned to enjoy everything about who God is. I enjoy coming to church and worshiping with people, but I also enjoy it just as much or even more in the closet when no one else is around. I enjoy prayer like never before because I know who He is. And so here's how we're going to change our view and enjoy the Lord. Number one is that you need to change your view of Jesus. You need to change your view of Him. He is a joy giver. I remember I had a lab class in college, and it was a preaching lab. And so I would get up in front of my peers, and they would judge me. They would write down their comments about me. It's one of the most humiliate, humiliating things you can do, but also some of the best things you can do. Because you know, you, that actually prepares you for today, because some of you will come up to me later and say, I like that or I didn't like that, and I'll just say whatever. And uh, anyway, um, no, I won't. And... and um, and so it, here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm having to preach, and, and so I decide to preach on the view people have of God, the wrong view. And so I come in to my class dressed up as what people view God is. So I have this white, big right, white robe, I have this big old beard on me, and I have a bald head. And I have this big old Bible, because my talk was that people view God as this, He's a big, tall, old man, bald-headed with a big Bible about ready to beat the crap out of you. And that's what I did. I, I, it, it's key because people, if you view God that way, you're not going to want to worship Him. And so our view of Jesus is so important. So don't let Hollywood tell you who Jesus is. Don't let art or religion determine your view of Jesus. 
Let the Word of God show you who Jesus is. You know, how many of you guys saw The Passion of the Christ? I love that movie. It's just really good. It's not a date movie, but it's a great movie. Hey, honey, you want to go on a date and watch The Passion of the Christ? <laughs> no, it's not a good movie to do that with. Um, but, but I love the part, and I really appreciate him putting this in there, when Jesus was playing with his mom. He was older at this time, and he's just having fun with Mary. I love that part. 1 John 5, 11 to 12 says, And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. And he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. And see, the thing about it is, what is your testimony about Jesus? What is your view of Jesus? That will determine your relationship with Him. And so we have to change our view of Jesus according to the Word of God. And Jesus is not somebody who's always accusing you. He is not somebody, that's the devil, by the way, who is accusing you. He wants you to believe that Jesus is always mad at you. And He's not. He loves you, and He cares for you, and He wants to give you everything that He has. And so our view of Him is very important, so we need to change our view to the Word. Number two, we need to approach Him through relationships and not rules. There's a time when I thought you had to do things a certain way to get to God, trying to find God through structures or systems. But we need to approach God through a relationship, not to connect with Him through rules. Now, I'm not saying rules aren't important. They are. In fact, in, in, in the book of John, it says, you know, that you love me, you'll obey me. So there are rules, but you don't get to Him through that. You get to Him through relationship, through loving Him, you love Him. Rules are important, but you can't substitute relationship for Him. Look what it says in John, what Jesus says in John chapter 5, 39-40. He says this, You diligently study the Scriptures. Now, He's talking to the religious people. He says, You diligently study the Scriptures because you think that by them you will possess eternal life. These are the Scriptures that testify about Me, yet you refuse to come to Me to have life. And He's saying you refuse to build a relationship with Me. It's not just about rules. It's about relationship with God. And, and that's where you really find the joy of Him. That's where you really find that it's a joy to hang out with God. It's a joy to prayer. It's a joy because you know He's going to, when you ask, He will answer it. And that's what the Lord wants us to understand. And so we need to change our view of Him, but we need to get with Him through relationship with not, and not rules. And number three, you need to give Him your whole heart. Jeremiah 29, 13 through 14 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. See, Christianity is not about in and out, in and out, in and out. It's about all in. That you just, you just do the cannonball into the pool of Jesus, in a sense. That you are all in to Him. It's not about a little bit here and a little bit there. It's about all in for Him. And the reason you're not having and experiencing the joy of God may be because you're not all in. Because you get all in. It's like you take everything and you just give it to Him. It's all about Him. That's why we talked about, Lisa and I talked about last week, about really pursuing the Lord and coming all into Him. That's where you're going to really find Him. And that's what happened to me, that I had to come all into Him, give Him everything. But the reason I did, and I wanted to, and I trusted because I wanted to build a relationship with Him, and I found out who He is, that He's a God who loves me, and He's a God full of joy, and that He wants to give to me so my joy would be full, and it wouldn't be fleeting, it would be consistent. 
in my life. And not up and down. I'm telling you what, that up and down happiness stuff is, is, is not worth it. If life is like that, let's just end it all. Because that really stinks. But his joy is really good. And I love this in Hebrews 6, 11, 6. He says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I love that. Earnestly seek him. He rewards that. And that is the divine flow of the Lord. As we do that, we draw near to him, draw nearest to us. We seek him. It comes into us. And that's the, the change that you and I need. And I want you to know that, that once you have this life-giving relationship, you're going to love it and you're going to guard it with all your life. Number four, you're going to respond to sin with life. The greatest challenges to enjoying Jesus will be on those tough days where you mess up. How many guys have ever messed up in here? Just raise your hand. Some of you still believe the lie that you haven't. But, you know, it's one of those days when you mess up, but it's also those days when someone else messes with you. Something's wrong. So you respond to sin with the life of God. Romans 8, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. It's not that we're rejecting a moral standard, but you do it with life. And that's what's so enjoyable about God. When you mess up, He doesn't look away. God did that to Jesus on the cross, so He wouldn't do that to us. He looks at you and just says, are you ready to be better? Are you ready to come to me and let me heal you? Are you ready for me to do something greater in life? See, listen, listen to this. He came to set you free, not make you sorry. He came to set you free, not make you sorry. That's God. And to me, that's enjoyable. But the enemy, through religion, wants to let you know that you should be punished for what you did. And that's not God. So you don't want to have joy in it. See, it's all about the enemy trying to steal your joy. Number five, then you're going to guard your heart from going back. You're going to guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. You're going to guard that relationship with Jesus. You're going to do whatever it takes to guard that and not let anything come in that's going to take that away. Because you're going to decide, I'm not going to live that life anymore. I'm not going to live a life that's so up and down and not joyful. Listen, this is my goal. This is my heart for this, especially for this next year and the beginning of the year, is for us to find the joy in serving God, the joy in praying and seeing things happen. I love this story. We just last Sunday I was coming out of the service, which I tried to do at the end of the service, and and just to hang out to see people and talk to them as much as I can. And so this one older guy in our church named Ralph, and uh, needed prayer. He's going to go. He had a blockage in one of his arteries, and so he was going to go and get a procedure done. So I says, "Listen, let's just pray." And so I laid hands on him and prayed, and and it was just so cool. 
um, just what God did out there. And so we didn't think anything of it. And I was going to see what, you know, the next, that Monday he was going to go. He calls up. He says, yeah, I went to the place to get the procedure done and they sent me home because they couldn't find any blockage. And I love that. And see, see, but I love the happiness that I heard out of Ralph's face. When, he, when I first saw him, he was a little worried, like anybody would be. But it turned to joy. And see, it's so important that we enjoy this life of God. We enjoy the journey that God has on through thick and thin. Through good times and bad. Is there a song like that? Anyway, it must be a country song. But anyway, but we... We, we, we enjoy Him. We enjoy the Lord. And that is one of the most important things you can learn as a believer to be, remain consistent in the joy of God, no matter what's going on around you. So nothing phases you because you are in Him and move and have your being. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus. I just thank You, Lord. Father God, we've all in some way have believed the lie that our happiness is dictated by what's going on around us. And so, Father, I just thank you right now that we don't rely on that anymore. The foundation of who we are from this day forward is going to be relying on you, the joy giver, Jesus. You are joy and you give us joy. And that never changes because you are always for us. It's a knowing, it's a receiving, but it's a living in. And we thank you, God, for that right now. And I just pray, no matter what people are going through right now, God, and I know sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's heavy, but I pray right now in the name of Jesus that they find the joy of the Lord that will get them through it in Jesus' name. No one looking around, everyone's eyes closed. If you're here today, and you say, Pastor Sean, there's something missing in my life. You've never really given your life control over to the Lord. You've never given Him what you need. Never given Him your life. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. I don't have to talk you into it. wouldn't want to. But you know there's something missing right now. And that is Jesus in your life. And you must give Him control. And when you do that, and you make that decision to follow Him, he comes in your life and He fills that void. doesn't mean everything's going to work out, everything's going to be perfect, but He's going to be there for you always. And you'll know the love of God. You'll know the joy of the Lord. So if that's you right now, I want to pray with you. If you want to give your life, you know you need something different. You may not know what it all means or anything. You don't need to. All you need to know is this. You need to make that decision today. And we want to help you with that. So if that's you here today, I want to pray with you. I don't want to embarrass you. I want to ask you in just a minute to raise your hand. And you can put your hand down. I just want you to acknowledge that this is your decision. And I want to be able to see that and pray for you. So no one looking around, everyone's eyes closed. If that's you today, I want you to raise your hand. You say, I want to give my life to Christ today. I want to make that decision. You can put your hands down. Anybody else? You want to give your life to the Lord. Hallelujah. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray. For those who raise your hand, you just mean it with all your heart, as much as you know how, and God's going to meet you right where you're at. Everybody else, just pray along with me. 
And uh, I want you to repeat this prayer. Repeat after me. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you right now and I give you my life. I make that decision to follow you. I know you came on this earth to die for me, that you took all my wrongdoings, my sin, upon yourself so I might have life, so I might have a relationship with you. So thank you for forgiving me, for accepting me into your family, and for loving me unconditionally. And I make you the Lord of my life. So from this day forward, I will serve you. I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. Hallelujah. Amen. God's good, isn't he? All the time. If you made that decision for the very first time, you made a decision to follow him, you can get out your bulletin. In your bulletin, everyone can do that right now and fill out your connection cards. On your connection card is a place that says, I received Christ as my Savior today. I received Jesus. Please mark that. Fill it out as much as you want. I want to send you some information. I want to personally pray for you this week. But I want to get you some information for the next steps you need to take to further along this journey. Let me tell you something. We are here for you to help you along that way because it isn't easy out there and you need help. I need help. I need people around me. And of course, I need God. Amen? God's so good. Give God praise one more time. Amen? Amen.